Welcome to Covenant Church's sermon discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the communication director at Covenant, and the preaching pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. I'm Michelle Lichty, and I am here with David Henderson, who um, it preached on Sunday, January 10th, about the third part of our COVID calling, which is staying faithful to God's call to live a life of love. And the first part, just as a review, stay anchored to God, stay connected to God's people, and stay faithful to live a life of love. To God's call to live a life of love. So, hello, David. How are you, Michelle? Great to see you. I am good. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Thank you. Good. I um, we just went live, and I am trying to find it on Facebook, and it's not showing up. So, um, why don't you? Um, I like to have Facebook up so that I can see if anybody's commenting or having questions. Yep. And so while I, while I am looking for that, um, let me encourage you, if you are seeing us live on Facebook, to go ahead and say hello. And um, if you have any questions about Sunday's sermon, just post that in the comments quickly. Um, and we are starting a new experiment. We are recording this, and we are going to offer the audio available on our podcast feed. Um, starting, at, you know, whenever we can get it edited and put posted, maybe this week and maybe early next week. And um, so you can look for that. And it's also available, if you know people who are interested, it's also available on our blog every week. Um, and we are meeting actually on an, on an odd day today, Thursday. We usually meet on Wednesdays. Um, but you had a conflict yesterday, right, David? Yes, I did. Yep. So, um, so we just thought, well, we'll just put it off a little bit. So staying faithful to God's call to live a life of love. I think you focused on the greatest commandment. Can you, and, and mm -hmm. are the greatest commandments, plural. Mm -hmm. Can you just remind us of what those are? Sure. In Matthew 22, uh, and actually there are several places where Jesus in his ministry reiterates these, sometimes when people are trying to trap him, other times when he's teaching. One time he asks somebody else, what would you say are the greatest commandments? The person answers, right? Jesus says, this is great. You, you, you got it. Um, so there was a lot of debate about, of all of the 613 commandments in scripture, which were the ones that really mattered most that should come ahead of all the others. And when Jesus was asked the question, he picked a passage from Deuteronomy and a passage from Leviticus. The first command is to love God with everything you have, with your whole being from the center of who you are. And then the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And he, say, he says, it's like it. And I chose in this message to really kind of zero in specifically on our literal neighbors, who are the people who live right around us that God may be calling us into connecting with. And I think you know, just uh, on that note, one of the things, I mean, I, I would say I've been intentional to try to connect with neighbors for 23 years, hmm. but, but something, something started to change in me in terms of my intentionality, um, really with the start of COVID. I think during the year leading up to that and some of Doug Pollock's teaching had really, there'd been some 
more intentionality, but I really thought, all right, I'm going to go for this in March. And that was when I made the steps to come up with our neighborhood directory and really be intentional to walk through our neighborhood and pray for people and to learn people's names and be able to and have a commitment to stop and talk to people if I pass them on the sidewalk or street or whatever. And, um, and it has really been a fun adventure. I've loved it. I've loved what's come from it. Hmm. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting to uh, think back, like we started talking about this almost a year ago. So it's been probably what, 10, 10 months, maybe, maybe nine months. Um, and it's, I have loved hearing the stories of how people have been reaching out to their neighbors, mm-hmm. even in these winter months. Um, you know, it's so easy to think like, oh, it's too cold. But really, um, so far, <laughs> we've been blessed with a relatively mild winter and, we really and, and the ability to be outside. So Lori Klarman just commented and said she made her map of her neighborhood and she's praying I love it. for everyone in her neighbor in her area. And so, yeah, um, I know I, when I was listening to the sermon, I thought, oh, shoot, if I had known, if I thought about it, I could have, because I have created, I have created a map from year, from two or three years ago mm-hmm. of different houses, you mm-hmm. know, on a piece of paper that we had in the bulletin. I think the first time we talked about going to our neighborhood. Yeah, Tom did a great job of walking us through a really practical process there. Yeah, so I still have that somewhere on the server and I could have pulled that up and posted it online, which I still can do. So if that's something that you're interested in, just let me know, leave a comment or or just email me directly. Most people watching should have my email address if you're on the (laughs) e-news. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because I'd be happy to do that. Um, I think one of the fun things, Michelle, for me, as I was opening, as I came to the passage and opening it up, was um, love your neighbor as yourself just sounds kind of, um, I don't know, like this pithy phrase that it sounds a little bit vague and ethereal, like this kind of high principle. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really fun to dig into it. And to kind of be surprised by Jesus, not only, I I think, doing two things at the same time, really pressing us to say, do you always put yourself first? Or are you making time and giving energy to put other people first in your life, following Jesus's own example? And that's very heart probing. Mm -hmm. I didn't spend as much time on that in the message. But I also think he's just giving us this really practical way to think about going about it. You know, during COVID, we're all going, ah, I feel so disconnected from people. How in the world do I um, show love to anybody? And I think Jesus uh, is saying in part, well, here's a great practical guide. Uh, how would you like to be loved? Well, mm-hmm. start there. Um, love, love the people around you in the ways that you would enjoy being or appreciate being loved. Right. And, and then I really liked what you said about, you know, imagination is great, but combine that with information. Yeah. Because like, it's great for uh, me to consider loving my neighbors in the ways that I like to be loved, but that doesn't necessarily get to the heart, to their heart, right? If they're, if they're not readers, they don't care if I stop 
drop off a box of books at their house. That's exactly um, right. Yeah. In know. fact, like as an example, we had a neighbor who had a sports injury and had to get some stitches. And so we, he and I had just talked, we were looking at a bug in his yard together the day before, and he was telling <laughs> me all these facts about bugs. And I thought, I know exactly what you would enjoy when, as you're recovering from, for this. So I went to Vaughn's, I got this incredibly cool uh, book of thousands of bug pictures and facts and gave it to him. And he was just so wide-eyed in gratitude and you know, I could have given him anything, you know, a right, silver dipper right. coupon or something. He would have loved it. But to be able to love in a customized way, I think really becomes particularly meaningful. You know, this feels like a really old illustration, but it was very, it was very uh, meaningful to me. Um, when we lived in Florida and, you know, I had baby after baby after baby, um, you know, so I, I, I was, I was mothering and I was parenting and, and, um, and we had an elderly couple next door. And somehow I knew, I found out that the, the husband had gone into the hospital. And so that sometime shortly after that, I just made an extra plate and of, of whatever I was fixing for the family. And I took it over to her house and I, I just didn't think really twice about it. Um, just super simple. Like it was only one person. It was just, you know, it was just, you know, we just didn't have as many leftovers the next day, which is fine. Um, she ended up, her husband died and she ended up moving to Ohio with her daughter. And probably a year later, all of a sudden there was a knock at my door and here's my neighbor who has moved to Ohio is back in Florida visiting and wanted to come say hello wow. because I gave her one meal. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, we, we did not have that huge of a connection, but apparently I ministered to her, you know, like that just blessed her so much that she felt a bit much, much deeper connection to me than I had anticipated wow. and realized. That's beautiful. It yeah. just exposes that there's no such thing as a small thing that we do for the kingdom. That, because exactly. God has this amazing way of multiplying its meaning and its significance. I mean, I got, I got a really moving thank you note for a meal we brought to a neighbor. Another really moving thank you note just for helping somebody move something. It's like, mm -hmm. well, this is just normal. This isn't, but it right. obviously touched people so deeply. And I do think we can become a little bit paralyzed thinking I've got to do the perfect thing or the perfectly strategic thing. Mm. And sometimes just doing anything. Just showing uh, up. Has power. Yeah, absolutely. Just showing up. I, Lori has a great idea. She said they met a number of neighbors when they went around and delivered Thanksgiving and Christmas cards. Mm. And so she's like, up next, Valentine's Day deliver Valentine's oh, that's very fun. to our neighbors. And I'm like, well, that is actually, that is fantastic. That's a fantastic idea. <laughs> we, we, we should find when COVID solstice is, what's the middle day of this, this COVID winter when we start to come out? It's, it must be somewhere around now. We must be near it. Uh, wouldn't it be fun uh, to be able to celebrate COVID solstice day? But Laurie, that is very creative. I love that. Yeah. I, I mean, it feels like we would, if we chose a date, it would be an absolute faith. <laughs> right. And we'd be wrong. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. 
right? <laughs> to be like, but, then, yeah. <laughs> but the point is right. I mean, I think um, when you think about it, and I just have been thinking about this a lot. I think evangelism technique has a place and is valuable and is important. I think strategically thinking about how to use our resources and what would be the right gift to give to someone, those things are important. But I'm convinced all of that is important most of all because it just brings my life into contact with the life of another person. Okay. I, I give me. I give some of my time, some of my attention, some of my love, some of my care, some of my interest, some of my pursuit of that person, however small or large, I give me. You know, my meal is a way to give me. My The books mm -hmm. are a way to give me just a, a small portion. And that becomes so profound because what Jesus has taught us is that we are temples of him. And a temple is a place where the world would gain access to a God. So mm -hmm. we are the place the world gains access to God. and. Mm -hmm. um, so in a sense, I mean, this isn't the right way to think about it probably, or there's a better way to think about it, but uh, all of those are just kind of excuses to just be face-to-face -face with a person and mm -hmm. an opportunity mm -hmm. to do that. And they let us show love more and more in creative ways. And I'm just convinced in the next 20 years, the, the way the church is going to grow, the way people are going to come to know Christ is not through a program and not through a technique and not through a methodology. It's just going to be through love. Mm -hmm. so, so if I'm just saying, how would I want to be loved? Okay, I'm going to go just do that for someone. Mm -hmm. Then we start mm -hmm. opening up this little opportunity for God to reveal himself in that, which is, mm -hmm. we cannot overestimate the importance of that. I don't think we can. I, and I think Lori has a great point. She just said, we need to meet the need, their need of being noticed. So if we notice our neighbors, that right there meets a huge need right. or a potential huge need, right? I mean, some people don't care to be noticed, but, but probably most everybody does like to be noticed and for someone to see you oh, absolutely. in a situation like that is, I, I mean, I'm still shocked when people do it for me. Right. Well, it shifts us out of whatever the other category is into the category of love. Uh, when you mm. when you notice me and acknowledge me, I'm I'm being loved by you. When you ask me a question and then you listen well and then you follow up on my question and the next time I see you, you ask me about that thing we talked about. And you go, really? You remembered that? Really? You prayed about that for me? You know, all it, it yeah, it's what. So Jesus again, Jesus's words. It's like, oh, it just feels like this simple little kind of epithet and then you go yeah no, really this is there's so much packed into those profound couple of words where jesus invites us to love our neighbors as mm -hmm. ourselves and and when you start to think as i would want to be loved you know there's risk involved in that mm -hmm. somebody risking doing something that might feel a little embarrassing to show affection or fondness or appreciation or put themselves out there or offer something that's really not needed i mean it, it's we risk for the sake of love. We take a step forward for the sake of love. And um, it is, if God is love, not, I mean, we're not, John doesn't mean love is God, but mm -hmm. if, if that is 
a central aspect of who God is, then every time we put love on display, we put God on display. That's startling. Mm -hmm. It is. It is startling. And I think especially in the world today, when we're so isolated and so divided by so many things, yes, <laughs> that if we can show love and and decide, I think, like, you know, I'm not going to make this action about anything other than love and showing love mm -hmm. and asking God to purify our motives, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So what, you know, one of the things that I, and I kind of alluded to this in the, not kind of, I alluded to this in the message, but um, I'm convinced when I, towards the end of the message, I was talking about kind of a simple intentionality of, of kind of praying and loving, praying for and loving everyone, being attentive, noticing where there is some kind of response, being creative in our investments, and then being ready to respond when spiritual mm -hmm. conversations open up. That third one, one of the things that I talked about was how our, our scarcest resource and the thing we cling to with the greatest greediness is our time. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm really aware of that for me. And I'm, I, I feel like, and I think I communicate this to other people. Sometimes I'm always, on, I'm always on my way to something else. Uh, and I'm, and in my neighborhood, I'm trying to live out the commitment when I see someone to stop. And I was pulling out of my driveway on my way to uh, something. I don't remember what a couple of days ago. And I saw my next door neighbor and, and I started waving. I thought, Nope, even two minutes. And I, stop rolled down my window and he jogged right over and I said you still exist I didn't know I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks how are you doing and, and we just had this great conversation and uh, and I could tell it meant a lot to him and it was a joy for me to connect with him so that um, yeah. that was a costly stop in a sense right um, because it took your time and attention because time is so such a precious resource right um, right but I'm trying to figure out how to give that yes yes and Radana commented and said, thank you for talking about this as being relational mm -hmm. and not programmatic. Mm -hmm. If we see our neighbors or anyone, I mean, if any person as a project, then we miss the mark. And I would agree. Um, this is about relationships in a world that I think has lost the meaning of that word mm -hmm. to some degree. Oh, yeah. It, everything is so transactional and I think it, in the, the the depersonalizing of our world we automatically um, reduce people to something less than human and they are either an obstacle to me or something some source of something from which I can benefit which both have us very much it's it's me it's about me and my agenda and what I'm doing and to be able to um, to be able to see another person as a person is profound. I've been reading this really fascinating philosophical book, um, I and Thou by Martin Buber, uh, mm. that was written like in the middle of last century. And his, his fundamental idea is so powerful that so often we look at other people as an it, as something from which I get something or, or someone that I have to do something to. And when we shift out of that into the seeing the other person as a you, as a person, suddenly then I shipped out of this transactional thing mm -hmm. to a relational thing. Mm -hmm. And I think we can do 
evangelism as a transaction. You know, oh, I, I, yes. I did my thing to you. Right. I, <laughs> and that's exactly how people feel. Yeah. And people yes. on the other end of that feel like, yeah, you did your thing to me instead of <laughs> exactly. you love me. And it was painful. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Yes. It was painful exactly. for both parties. <laughs> yeah. Radana really lives a beautiful example of what mm -hmm. that kind of relational intentionality with her neighbors looks like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that honestly is where, oh, I have a lot of growing to do. <laughs> I really do. I mean, yeah, I could give all sorts of excuses, right? And, and the reality is, is there is no excuse. Mm. There's just obedience or not obeying, right? It's Sometimes I use the seven deadly sins as a as a kind of template for confessing sin. And, mm. and I like the, the nine, the version with nine instead of seven, um, which uh, includes self-importance and despair. But, um, but one of them is greed. And I was just confessing this morning, my greed, my wanting to hold on to um, time and energy and whatever else. And um, loving people uh, requires cost in both those areas. And praying that God would make me more generous and less greedy when it comes to time and energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're all beginners and bunglers in this. Yes. But again, going back to what we said before, it's there's no such thing as a small thing in the kingdom. There and we don't have to get it just right. Jesus right. will use our bungling efforts. The spirit uses our bungling efforts to put the love of God on display yeah. in powerful ways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My mom just told me, I, I'll, um, this is the last thing I want to say. She was, she just texted me this week and said, Oh, I had saved this huge gift bag from my girlfriend. She was like, I'm just going to throw this away. And I said, you cannot throw it away. It was this toy story gift bag. It was like, I don't know, four feet high. It was huge. So my mom, and I gave it to my mom and she said, I used it this week, finally, after how many years. And, um, she said, my, this one woman in her Bible study, her, she and her family had gotten COVID and said, well, we don't need anything. Um, it's fine. And so my mom said, but she has small children and everybody's, you know, not necessarily super sick, but they're sick and it's just, they're quarantined. And so she just put a, a bunch of treats and fun activities for the kids and took it over to this friend's house. And she said, um, she was really touched. She couldn't believe that I would spend the time to gather these things and take them to her mm. house. And I was like, that is a good example of loving your neighbor. Oh yeah. Even if she isn't right next door, it's just. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. is a great picture. Yeah. So any, any last thoughts? I, I think too, one was where you started in this conversation, which is how many of our covenant family are already doing this and trying new ways to do this mm -hmm. um, in ways that are deeply encouraging for me to see. I loved hearing so many stories coming out of this time when people are saying, I don't know how to do this. And then they're finding out really creative ways to do it. Or, um, and so then I think, and with that also just comes the, the the encouragement of the people of God, but the encouragement of this passage and of the spirit of God within us, we can do this. Mm -hmm. We, And I think God intends for us to do this. I, I, I love that 
the translation, I, I think I shared this during the sermon, the message translation of the uh, the first Peter 3.15 passage says something like, be prepared to tell people why you live the way you do. Mm. And I thought, yeah, there's people should look at us, every one of us. It doesn't matter how long we've become a follower or been a follower of Christ. There should be some something of intentionality about the way we live and the way we love that people should go well what <laughs> how do you account for that and, and and should move them eventually to be asking us so i i think we can be this is the work god is already doing in us and through us mm-hmm. and he just wants us to cooperate more and more it's part mm-hmm. of his the unfolding of his purpose for us as his people mm-hmm. and again i'm convinced that evangelism isn't going to be the thing that is going to grow our church and grow the kingdom. Love is absolutely the thing that's going to mm-hmm. grow the church and grow the kingdom oh, in yeah. lasting ways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we need to say goodbye. And um, why don't you say just a word about what's coming this next Sunday? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'm really excited about this. It was a lot of fun. From uh, We started a new sermon series Sunday on Philippians. And um, I, uh, about three weeks ago, just sent out a uh, text to, I don't know, 25 different people or so, kind of a cross-section of the church, and just said, here are some possibilities. And I'd, I'd love to know what you think about these possibilities, but also any other ideas that you may have. And it was so rich to hear uh, the input from people. It was really valuable for me. And, uh, and it it was really clear that Philippians is something that a lot of people think would really speak powerfully to our circumstances. Paul writes from, from quarantine, <laughs> from prison, <laughs> uh, prison yeah. and, and he talks a lot about joy and peace mm-hmm. and contentment in circumstances that are challenging. Uh, but he also talks a lot about witness and love, and he talks about the challenge of, of this really awkward process of the church holding on to biblical truth, but finding a way to walk in love in this very broken and confused world. Uh, so I think the topics are going to be really relevant. And uh, that'll be our sermon focus uh, from now through the end of May. And I can't wait. I oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Great. Thanks for asking. All right. Well, good. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, um, our friends on Facebook, and for commenting. I love seeing all the comments. So thank you for that. Um, it helps enrich our discussion. And thank you, David, for your time yeah, today. And um, all right, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Grace. Bye. Bye.